Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve, and following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. Today I'm going to talk about the devastating topic of infidelity. Infidelity rocks relationships to the core like nothing else. Regardless of the language you speak, regardless of the color of your skin, if you experience infidelity, it's going to bring you to your knees. It's one of the most devastating things any relationship can go through. And what I see a lot with the couples I work with is a lot of mistakes. We're not prepared for marriage, and we're definitely not prepared on how to respond to infidelity. So because of that, a lot of us make mistakes in the recovery process, and those mistakes make the recovery even worse. It cripples the recovery. It lengthens the recovery. So I'm going to share with you five common mistakes to make sure you're not making the same mistakes yourself. Number one is giving too many chances. If your partner is unfaithful, you don't have to give them another chance. It's only from your mercy and your grace that you choose to give someone a second chance. But there's nothing that requires you to give them a second chance. So just consider that for a moment. If your partner is unfaithful, do you want to give them a second chance? That is completely up to you. But remember, the more times they're unfaithful, the more likely they're going to be unfaithful again. And a lot of people set themselves up to get hurt because they give too many chances. And so remember, the first thing you need to do if your partner has had an affair is they need to get that person 100% out of their life. They need to open up all accounts, including their phone, willingly to prove that person's out of their life. And if they don't cooperate with those first two steps, get a separation and have no contact with them until they cooperate. That gives you the power and you the control. But again, remember, it's up to you how many chances you give your partner. But the more chances you give them, the more likely you're going to get hurt again. Number two, the second mistake is working harder than your wayward partner. If you're the betrayed partner, I see this a lot. I see betrayed partners working harder than their wayward partner at recovering their marriage. That's backwards. If your partner has had the affair, they need to be the one bending over backwards to earn you back. They need to be the ones reaching out to a coach or a counselor. They need to be the ones saying, hey, look at this article I found. Let's read this together. They need to be the ones saying, hey, let's listen to this podcast episode. I think this could help us. They need to be doing everything possible to win you back, not the other way around. If you're the betrayed partner and you're working harder than your wayward partner, then you're just enabling them to leave you. They hurt you. They betrayed you. End of story. They need to be working harder than you at winning you back. You need to be in the position of power, not them. If you're working harder than them, they're in the position of power. Third mistake is not dropping the affair topic. So let's imagine for a moment your partner who's had the affair has done everything right. They've cut off all contact with the affair person. They've opened up all accounts so you can prove and see they have no contact with that person. They've shown sincere remorse. They've let you talk hours and hours about the affair. And they've been empathetic and patient. And they've answered all of your questions that you have about the affair. If that happens, it's time to stop bringing up the affair. And what I see a lot is it's so traumatic for people to be betrayed. 
it creates PTSD that a lot of partners who get betrayed develop an obsession with the affair and they can't stop asking questions. They can't stop bringing it up. They can't stop needling all the details to make sure they have all the information 100%. And because of that, the relationship stays stuck and it can't move forward. So if your partner has done all the right steps, if they've answered all of your questions many times, stop bringing up the affair because every time you bring up the affair, it stunts the healing process. Now that's different than getting triggered because when you get triggered, you do need to bring up your trigger and you need to process through your feelings. And we'll get to that in a moment. That's different than just keep asking about the affair over and over and over and the same questions again and again and again. When you do that, it's not helping anybody. It becomes an obsession because you were hurt so bad. And so asking about it over and over and over can be tempting to think that's going to somehow help and somehow heal, but it doesn't. It just stunts the relationship and prevents it from healing. The fourth mistake I see people making is not managing triggers well. So what is a trigger? When you have PTSD, no matter what the cause is, you'll experience things in your environment that remind you of the trauma. So for example, if you're in combat and then you come home from combat and you hear a loud noise like a firecracker, that could be a trigger because it reminds you of combat. Or let's say you're in a natural disaster like a tornado and then one day the winds get really strong and it's a trigger. It reminds you of the trauma of the tornado. Likewise with affairs. When your partner has an affair, you're going to have triggers. And a trigger can be a song you're listening to. It can be something you read somewhere. It can be a movie you're watching. But anything that reminds you of the affair, that's a trigger. Now when you have those triggers, it's one of the hardest parts about recovering from infidelity is managing triggers well. So when you have a trigger, it doesn't mean you have to bring up every single trigger. But the triggers that are strongest for you you do need to bring up because if you don't, it's going to create an emotional barrier between you and your partner. However, how you bring up the trigger is very important. So here's some guidelines. If you're the one that's gotten triggered, bring up the trigger with your tender underbelly without saying you. So for example, let's say you're watching a movie and there's an affair in the movie and it triggers you about the affair your marriage went through. The way to bring this up to your partner after you've relaxed and deflooded is something like this. I was watching the movie today, there was an affair scene, and it brought me back to our affair, and it just flooded me with feelings of sadness and hurt and fear. That's the way to bring up a trigger. You bring it up without attacking, you bring it up without you statements, and you bring it up with your tender underbelly emotions. Now, if you're the wayward partner, the way to respond back to the affair is first you empathize like this. I can see how that movie would have triggered the affair. Totally makes sense. Second, apologize. I'm so sorry for how I betrayed your trust and hurt you so deeply. Number three, reassure. I want you to know I am never, ever, going to do anything like that again. So if you're the wayward partner, the way you respond to triggers is paramount. The worst thing you can do is get tired of triggers. And that's what I see a lot. The wayward partner gets upset and they get frustrated that their partner keeps getting triggered. 
but because they get upset, they invalidate their partner's trigger, which keeps their partner stuck in the triggers. So that's the worst thing you can do. So if you're a wayward partner, the way you respond back to those triggers is paramount because if you respond well, like I just said, through empathy, apologizing, and then reassurance, that's going to create a micro-healing opportunity for your relationship. So if you don't like your partner's triggers, then respond well to them because that will create less triggers. If you respond poorly to triggers and get impatient, that's going to create more of them because it's going to keep your partner stuck in their trauma. Number five, the fifth mistake I see couples make when trying to recover from an affair is not keeping your love buckets full. So we all have a love bucket inside of us and we need certain things to fill it up and certain things drain it down. So if you want to affair-proof your relationship moving forward, you have to keep the love buckets full in your marriage. And the best way to do that is to ask your partner, how can I fill up your bucket? What are the main things you need to feel loved and satisfied? And what do I do that drains your bucket? What are those behaviors that I do? Those are the things I need to stop doing and reduce And so if both partners are doing that, they're actively trying to fill up their partner's love bucket while they stop draining their partner's love bucket, that's going to create full love buckets. And that's how you naturally affair-proof relationships. But remember, even if love buckets get low, it's not a justification to act out with an affair because an affair is always your choice. No matter how unhappy you are, no matter how miserable you are, it's always a choice to break your marriage vows. So you can't use a low love bucket as an excuse to cheat. Having said that, the fuller the love buckets are, the more it will naturally affair-proof your relationship moving forward. This is one of the reasons I created my app, Keep the Glow. Keep the Glow is a very powerful way to keep track of the love buckets on your phones. It will train you on filling and stop draining one another's love buckets so that love comes back and stays back and conflicts go down. If you're not already using my app, start using it. Go to the App Store, go to the Google Play Store, look for Keep the Glow. You'll find it, download it, start using it today because it's a wonderful, powerful way to stop your relationship from being at risk for future affairs. So those are five mistakes to avoid when it comes to a fair recovery. Number one is giving too many chances. Number two is working harder than your partner. Number three is not dropping the affair topic if your partner has done all the right steps. Number four, it's not managing triggers well. And number five, it's not keeping your buckets full. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, click the five stars and leave a review. For more resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.